This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm Mark Berry. This week on Top Shelf, Emmanuel Sequera is on assignment somewhere on a Mexican beach. So I have the con. I talk with newly acquired Storm player Nathan Bomer, chat with Chase Heat broadcaster Steve Smythe, and to close out the podcast, Princeton head coach and general manager Mark Reedman comes on board to talk about the posse. Nathan Bomer is next on Top Shelf. Back into the corner on the far side. Now it's the Wranglers' turn to get something going. Bomer, lots of speed. Down the other end is Mullen. Clark in there as well. Here's Hayden Clark. Puck out to Davey. Davey, two on one. Passes it over to Bomer, scores. On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm talking with Nathan Bomer from the Kamloops Storm. How are you doing today, Nathan? I'm doing fine, thanks. A very busy week for you, hasn't it? Uh, a lot of travel. Uh, you uh, started the week in 100 Mile. You're in Kamloops. Uh, talk a little bit about your week. Yeah, no, it's been a bit, a bit of a stressful week. I mean, it's been kind of one of those things. It's a... Uh, Big change and just been a lot going on, a lot of talk and, and stuff like that. But uh, I'm super excited to get started here at Camelot. Yeah, you played 87 games with the 100 Mile House Wranglers. Talk about your uh, stay in 100 Mile and the fans. It was amazing. Um, my For my first year as an 18-year-old, uh, I got the opportunity to jump to the next level, which was with the Coquitlam Express at the BCHL. In doing that... You know, 100 Mile kind of had a soft spot for me. I played tons of games there. Love the fans. It's one of the best hockey communities I think I've ever played for. Really enjoyed my time there. Um, yeah, and I had a lot of fun memories with all the guys up there. You're now with the Kamloops Storm. Uh, talk about uh, how excited you are in your 20 year to be playing in a program that's really got a shot at the championship. Yeah, super excited. I think I think it's a good opportunity uh, for me to bring in my skill set to a group of guys that wants to win and a group of guys that, you know, ha- has a good chance this year. And, and as a 20-year-old, that's all you can ask for. So I'm excited to be here, excited to get started and uh, excited to win with this group. I'm all about backstories. Where'd you grow up and play your minor hockey? Uh, that's a long story, actually. I, I moved around a lot due to my dad's work and stuff. So I was actually born in Prince George, so that's my hometown. But I started my minor hockey career in Merritt and then uh, moved to Alberta when I was about... Uh, yeah, I played from about 10 all the way till 12 in uh, Crozes Pass, Alberta. And then I played my minor hockey in Lethbridge, Alberta from the ages of 12 to about 15. And then I uh, joined the Edge Hockey Academy for my grade 11, grade 12 year. So that would have been 16, 17 and 18 year old year. Any highlights for minor hockey? Oh, just just being able to move around a lot. I, uh, I met so many people, different cultures, different groups of guys, played for tons of different coaches and stuff. And just, just that kind of aspect, I think, brought out a lot of me in a player and uh, also helped me develop like as a character as well as a person, um, being able to meet all those new faces and stuff. So I think the be- best highlight would just be, you know, all the connections that I've made. Isn't that the great thing about this game? Uh, I was talking to another hockey player and he said, uh, he said, he was actually talking to a bunch of Rotarians who asked him, what's the greatest thing about the game? And he said, all the connections. He says, I can go anywhere in North America and I'll know somebody. 
Yeah, it's crazy how small the hockey world actually is when you when you really get down into it. Uh, I bump into people that I haven't seen in you know twelve years that you know are still playing hockey or they're out in, in places that I'm in working or whatever. So even just to catch up with those guys is is, is huge, right? Basically, like that uh, other fellow said, like you were just saying that you know you can go anywhere and 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 somebody might recognize you. It's just a special thing. Any coaches that really made a difference along the way for you? Uh, you know what? I think my uh, under-15 coach, Jeff Oster, he kind of was the first coach that actually, you know, took a chance on me and really gave me the opportunity to, like, try and showcase myself. And uh, and then other one than that, like, I played for James Poole at the Edge Prep School, and, and he did nothing but good for me and taught me a lot. It, when I was in Coquitlam, that organization, Brandon Shaw – and ET also took a chance on me, you know, to go play junior there and stuff like that. And honestly, I don't think there was a coach that I couldn't thank. <laughs> I think I think I think every coach has had a little bit of a piece in my uh, in my journey, and I, I can't thank them enough for it. For Kamloops Storm fans who are used to seeing you come off the visitors bench, what can they expect out of Nathan Bomer? What type of player are you? Ah, just just a guy that works works is. Also, sorry, I probably can't say that on the podcast. Oh, uh, you did. But, it's okay. <laughs> just somebody who works hard day in, day out. I'm really focused on bringing my best game every night. And the fans can expect some offensive attributes and some goals, some big hits. And just, just kind of a two-way player. I think, I think I like to pride myself on being somewhat of an exciting player. And I'm excited to bring that to the, to the town of Kamloops. You know, you're a 20-year-old. Uh, has it dawned on you this is your final year of junior hockey yet? No, no, it, it, it hasn't. Um, hasn't hit me yet uh, and I'm sure it will but uh, you know this is the game that we love to play and all great things come to an end and I just I just try not to think about it as much what's uh, what's your plans after junior hockey do you want to pursue hockey further uh yeah I would love I'd love to pursue hockey further you know with the post-secondary education maybe and you know maybe go to play in college or play university somewhere I haven't quite explored that avenue yet but Hockey's definitely uh, something that I want to keep going with. Okay, this, here's the soft lobber for you. Uh, is there anybody out there you'd like to thank? Because nobody gets to your level of hockey without an awful lot of support along the way. Anybody you'd like to say thank you to? I think that is like a very broad question. I think I, I think I can't give enough thanks. I mean, the two people I would love to thank the most, my mom and dad, they've stuck their neck out and they've helped me get here. And whether it was long car rides at 6 a.m. Yeah. to Calgary for training camps or something like day in day out they were always there they always showed up for me and uh so I, i'd like to give thanks to pretty much everybody that has helped me along the way all my teammates and all my coaches but um i think my uh, yeah my uh, parents definitely uh get the most thanks out of all, all of them nathan bomer uh, from the uh Kamloops Storm just traded this past week. Uh, thank you very much for doing this, Nathan. Yeah, of course. Thank you for your time. Bit of a scrambled play thrown in, tipped out. Here goes Lozman after it. Welke is second to it, but comes up with the puck. Back to the point, moved over to Gay. He shoots, knocked on by Strauss. Here he comes, breakaway, blue line in, steps in, one, shoots, back end, scores! Good dandy goal by Kieran Strauss. Nice, nice. On top shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I am talking with the star himself of the Chase Heat Waves on Spotify and Anchor, Steve Smythe. Steve, I, I'm really glad you could uh, take the time to talk to me uh, through your busy schedule. 
I'm delighted to be back on, Mark. Thank you very much. Before we talk about the chase seat, I do want to talk about the podcast. Boy, I tell you, I, I've been listening to the podcast for the past couple of seasons. You started it last year. You've been doing it in earnest this year. And I really have to say that uh, the content's getting better and better. I really enjoyed your your interview uh, with the two players this week, Willie and Morris. Your thoughts, first of all, on the podcast and how you feel it's going. Well, first of all, thanks for your kind words on that. It's it's started off as kind of a side project, as most of these things do. And, uh, you know, I started off interviewing players with my phone in my hand, and then I upgraded to a little bit better technology. And then I invested in even more technology. And, uh, and you know, with the help of some of the other broadcasters in the league, you know, questions to ask, how to approach the players, you know, tactics that they use to to get a good interview I'm uh, I'm very grateful for the advice that I've been given by some of the other broadcasters and and I think the content has improved over the 2 years that I've been doing it and I really like being able to introduce the human side of the player to the audience and, and I realize that my audience is probably mom and dad and and aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas but you know, seeing those kids and prepping them for uh, those interviews has been a, a real joy. You know what? And, and that's the thing is, it, yes, it's mom, it's mom, dad, grandma. But isn't that a great audience to be broadcasting to? I mean, uh, they're the ones that really care about these kids. Absolutely. And I think it, in, in some respects, it probably preps them for uh, maybe some interviews down the road yes. that, that may not be as kind and may not be as uh, easy going. So, uh, you know, it's all part of the process of the development process. Let's talk about the chase heat this season. Not certainly the season the chase heat would like to have seen so far. They are three points out of a playoff spot with two games in hand on hundred mile. Talk about the season. And your your impression of the season so far? Well, you're right. I mean, the previous season was a bad year win-wise, uh, only with two, 10 wins. We had greater hopes uh, for the beginning of the season. Gosh, they came out of the gate like rockets were at one point ranked in the top 10 in the league. And, and then it sort of wandered off into an extended losing streak. And they just couldn't seem to get out of that. They couldn't buy a goal. They couldn't get a power play goal. They, they were hitting posts, crossbars. Uh, the hockey gods were just not happy. And finally, they broke out of that. And, you know, all of us that were watching up in the booth thought, okay, that's it. Uh, they're going to get some traction. And now we're going to put some some wins back to back. And then some injuries occurred. And, and then some player movement occurred. And, uh the fact that we find ourselves three points out of a playoff spot at this stage of the year is pretty remarkable, considering that we are in the Burks division with some perennial powers like Revelstoke and Kamloops and, and Sycamus. Hanging around and getting a shot at getting into the playoffs is is obviously the team goal. It's been a good year for player development. Unfortunately, player development doesn't always show up on the scoreboard. There have been a few players that have really stood out. Your thoughts on players that you've thought have really made a huge, huge uh, improvement this season? We have a really young defense core, and and some of the young guys that came in at camp at the beginning of this year uh, really grabbed a spot. Thinking of a guy like Carter Welke, who stood out in tryouts and and he's stood tall and and become the, in my opinion, the go-to defenseman for the Heat this year. Graham Willey, who started off a little bit slowly, but gaining confidence and getting better and better every single game. Another rookie, 
along with Declan Rosewell, who's got good size and strength and really improving as the season goes on. Added to that through trades for Easton Zenko and Andrew Morris, another couple of young rookie players. I think that the die is cast for a pretty strong defense. And of course, anything can happen over the summer. But if some of those players return for next season, really good, strong defensive core. Losing captain Mikhail Horechka uh, was difficult because he provided such strength and such leadership on and off the ice. But it was kind of a move that had to be made to get some more playing time for the younger guys. Up front, uh, veterans, uh, Cale Nahorny, Kieran Armitage and Jalen Davidson really have brought it this year. Unfortunately, Nahorny's out right now with an injury, upper body injury. Kieran Strauss, another rookie who really plays with a lot of fire and a lot of bite. He, he, he One of the goals of the Heat this year was to be harder to play against, and, and Kieran Strauss certainly fits that bill. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the coming weekend. As mentioned, you're chasing 100 Mile House for that final playoff spot. You've got two games on the weekend against Kamloops and 100 Mile. 100 Mile's got three games against Sycamuse, Revelstoke, and Chase. How big is this weekend and that game against 100 Mile? Well, I think it's not an exaggeration to say that it's the most important weekend of the year. And uh, whoever is, you know, going to be in the driver's seat at the end of this weekend certainly has the inside track to to making that fourth and final playoff spot in the Burks division. Uh, Steve, one last chance to uh, tell folks where they can find uh, the Chase Heat Waves podcast. Chase Heat Waves is available on Spotify. Uh, you don't need a Spotify account to listen to it. It's also available on Google Podcasts. Once I get the technology worked out of it, we'll hope to get it over on the Apple side of things sooner rather than later. Once again, talking with the voice of the Chase Heat, Steve Smythe. Steve, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks very much, Mark. Appreciate it. Huge chance here for the posse to regain the lead. Here's Sedonik getting this one to Admiral Garcha. Now back to Sedonik. Across, LinkedIn scores! Went right through the legs of Bergeron and rolled right into the net. That was a thing of beauty. On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, I'm talking with the head coach and general manager of the Princeton Posse, Mark Reedman. Coach, thank you very much for doing this. Of course, Mark. Always appreciate the opportunity and the time here. Coach, uh, your record of 25-6-1 and one on the season, it's best in the Bill of Housing. You basically, you have actually clinched the uh, top playoff spot. How important is it to keep the boys, their eyes on the prize? You've got uh, tough games against uh, Kamloops, Revelstoke, and Sycamus in the next few weeks. Are those games key to keeping the guys focused on the prize? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... For, for us, like it's it's not just about competing within our division, right? But it's about cementing our our uh, ability against top teams within the league, right? To prove that you know we are one of the top teams. I think anyone looking at it, obviously, yes, it's nice to be clinching our division this early and and getting going. But I mean, our group is pretty accountable and and also extremely motivated, right? I mean, we got a good pack of guys uh, back from our you know Presidents Trophy winning group and our Game Seven overtime loss last year in the league finals, so. I mean, these guys aren't satisfied with much and, and you know, obviously pushing to be, you know, that President's Trophy winner again. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the players. Of course, uh, you know, we could always talk about your, your top players, Garcia, Junik, and Horiachka. But I'd like to hear about some of the players that maybe don't get the recognition that they deserve but are key 
to what the posse do each and every night. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the first guys, like in, in terms of kind of that unsung hero factor, like, you know, a guy who maybe, you know, isn't up there at the at the high, high side of the points totals, but, you know, a, a definitely an everyday piece here for us and a, and a big contributing factor is a guy like Brennan Waterson. Right. He's a he's a Moose Jaw native. He was here last year during our during our run. And, you know, he's he's been a guy who, you know, he plays some heavy minutes for us and plays in all kind of different scenarios. Right. And it might not be the first one rolling out there on that first power play or like I said, even some of those guys that are obviously at the higher side of our our scores. But, you know, he's the guy that just absolutely works to the bone. And, you know, he's never going to give the opposition anything easy. And he's a gritty skill player. He, you know, loves getting into the thick of things and getting into battles and, and competing on pucks. He's great at extending possessions offensively. And then on the defensive side too, like he's, he's excellent in the face-off circle. He helps kill some penalties. And then, you know, he's just extremely good at supporting in the defensive zone and, you know, making us a team that's, you know, hard to produce against. And then I think it's also hard to, you know, ignore a guy like, you know, Brighton Morrow or, or Jonathan Ward, right. A couple of guys who have had, you know, some offensive success. Justice Lowen is, is a high profile kid from Calgary. Who's, who's come in and, and played some big minutes for us. And then really you can look at our back end. I think everyone knows the Zadonics and the, and the Goulds, but then there's guys like, you know, Josh Roy and, you know, Jeff Stewart, a first year player and Ben Dodds, who was an AP player for us last season during the postseason, who's had a, had a heck of a first year too. So, I mean, for us, those, those contributions are really coming up and down in our lineup. And even though say maybe they might not be at that point of game total space they're they're definitely players to be, you know, be watching every single night and they really help kind of stir the pot for us and, and help make us tick down the road here as well. Uh, one of the successes uh, of Princeton has to be the way you recruit goaltenders. Let's talk a little bit about your goaltenders this season, starting off with uh, Gabe Osman. Yeah, uh, and I guess he hadn't seen, like we did actually just, uh, you know, make a make a deal there with Grand Forks and, and move Gabe there here just the, the other day. But, you know, Gabe had, had been, you know, a stellar goaltender and, you know, had had played some really good hockey for us, right? Was kind of a, one of those underrated goalies, I think, coming from the Alberta side, playing double-A hockey for for a long time, but played on some successful teams. And typically, you know, some goalies maybe that play on the best teams get overlooked a little bit. But, um, you know, he was a kid who came in and really stabilized the net and, you know, obviously pushed and, and kept, you know, Nathan Preston, who moved up to the Western Hockey League, accountable there and and not making it so as necessarily say like a one-man show there in the crease. Like they pushed each other on a weekly basis to be better and, you know, even coming right down to, to practice reps, right? We play a lot of small area games within our program. And, you know, whether it was – playing for puck walk or, you know, grabbing bottles after practice or heck, even just being the guy that won the game that day. Like, you know, they did everything uh, they possibly could to, to help our team to the success we've had so far. And, and yeah, really anyone who was kind of put in the net so far this year has really given us a chance to win on any given night. What is it about the Princeton Posse where you're able to recruit such top goaltenders? Because like I say, when I, my time with the league, You've had some good players in the net. Yeah, and I, I think for us, it's, you know, a little bit of a philosophy. Like, it's, I'm sure it's, you know, a token phrase, right? But you just, you have to be able to build from the back out. Like, if you want to be able to have success and, you know, goaltending is kind of that anomaly position in our sport, right? Similar to the quarterback in football where it's, you know, you're always probably looked on as, you know, the goat or or somebody who say if, if your team loses, you're probably the first one to look at. And then when your team has success, unless you're, you know, pissing some sort of shutout, uh, you know, you're probably one of the last people they look to in terms of giving credit for the win as well. So, I mean, for us, it's just making sure we're extremely diligent in the type of kids that come in here. Like, we want guys that are motivated to, 
to have success. We're pretty thorough in terms of our uh, background checking and research on goaltenders before we bring them in. And yeah, I think you look at our time here, you know, Peyton Traska, I think one of the best goaltenders to, to see time in the KIJHL and now having some, some continued success at Adrian uh, down in the States as well. You know, Ethan Rao moved up to Melville last year here for us around Christmas time. And, you know, Nate Glenn had spent a serious amount of time within our organization and, and, you know, we're thrilled and over the moon to see him having success over there in, in Columbia Valley. And now you look at Preston's track record and, and, you know, his promotion of the Western league again, just to credit to, to him for the work and, you know, Gabe even, you know, being a top five, six goaltender and, you know, him moving him on to a good opportunity there in Grand Forks and now having a guy like Joey Hawko who had a high pedigree background in the U18 side of things before uh, being moved on from, from Battleford and then now uh, bringing in a new goaltender, Blake uh, Sittler, there from, uh, well, he's from Saskatchewan, was playing there for the Yorkton Terriers in the SJHL as well. And, you know, all hot, extremely high character kids who, you know, are, are open to the competition in net and, and open to, you know, obviously proving that, they can be upper echelon kind of goaltenders. And yeah, you know, we're, we're starting to carve out a little bit of a reputation for being a factory there in the crease. But again, I think it's, you know, a lot of credit goes to the players here for putting in the work during the season, obviously see their results and then obviously earn some of the, uh, the accolades along the way as well. I know we're focusing on goaltenders, but a little bit more about uh, the, the play of Hako, your first opportunity to see him this week. He pitches a shutout. Uh, talk a little bit about his play on, uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah. Gosh, Joey. I mean, he's quick right? Like might not be the tallest guy in the net, but you know, the one thing about him, like his focus is diligent. It is, it is, it is hyper-focused for him when it comes to games. And, uh, you know, he's, he's extremely agile. His hockey IQ is off the charts in terms of seeing progressions and, and tracking pucks and, and they're traveling in progressions in the defensive zone, extremely quick laterally. And then, you know, he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders in terms of fighting through traffic and be able to smother and, control some rebounds, but then also kind of put him out, out of play and in out of danger areas kind of for second chances as well. If, if he can't fully smother him up as well. So in terms of a first impression, I don't, I don't really know if you can write a script better than that. One. You know, you've mentioned uh, Nathan Preston a, a bit uh, during this interview. How important is that not just to the Princeton Posse, but to the KIJHL to see our players moving on to the next level? Yeah, I think it's extremely important, obviously, with our new endeavor in terms of pursuing junior A hockey and, and reestablishing something under the Hockey Canada umbrella here in BC. I think that development path is always crucial. I think, you know, within our program here and, and my time here now in, in my third year, it's that that development and, and the promotion of players has always been priority number one. I think, you know, we've, we've back when you could affiliate to the BCHL, you know, we had you know, upwards of 10 players play games there. And, you know, we moved a significant amount of players on to, you know, whether it be the BCHL or, you know, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and and things like that kind of across the country. And and for us, again, it's I think it's extremely important with, you know, having that working relationship with the Western Hockey League and, and being able to promote our players. Like you look at, you know, some of the youth movement coming around our league, right? I think you look at, uh, you know, those two boys over in Sycamus having – having extremely strong years and, you know, even Jackson Gush, you know, he's, he's come a significantly long way with our group and, you know, to start establishing those relationships and kind of development paths for players to, you know, kind of have that choices as time comes, right. Whether it's, you know, pursuing something within the CHL and, and moving on to the Western hockey league, or, you know, if division one is potentially the long-term fit as, you know, over time, our, our league to continues to take steps forward and progress there and caliber of play as well. I think, you know, having those avenues and, and options for players to continue to move on is more beneficial for the players. And ultimately, that's that's what we want every experience to be about, right? As much as we're in junior hockey and you know, our livelihoods is 
as coaches and managers kind of depend on the success of the team, you also want to be able to promote your players and move them on to next levels. Like I said, whether that be college options or, or Western hockey league, and especially as you know, we're moving into this new endeavor here and in year one, I think it's, you know, a massive tip of the cap and, and a step in the right direction for our, for our players to be promoted to the Western hockey league and, you know, really show that there are, high quality hockey players in this league. And, you know, I think for our organization, obviously seeing Preston, I think it, you know, it's, it's obviously bodes well, but uh, at the end of the day, like there are the thing that we're most happy about is just seeing his, you know, his efforts be rewarded. And my final question, uh, talk about the progression of your broadcaster, Dawson McFarland. I see him <laughs> everywhere nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Doss, I mean, what, what a great kid, right? I think, you know, it's crazy to think, before my time, he'd already been doing this job for two years, right? And for myself, like back when I was looking at, uh, you know, going to post-secondary and things like that, I, I did have some interest in, you know, pursuing some some media pieces there as well. But we've kind of viewed it as the same development plan as we would for a player, right? And, and uh, you know, Doss is starting to get it out there and, and obviously, you know, doing his pre- and post-game interviews and, and also handling like a lot of the communication side and our social media as well. Uh, him along with the rest of our social media team have, have done a phenomenal job again just bringing notoriety to the club and and really kind of helping this push into the next kind of avenue here for the KIJHL and and you know he's a guy who you know we we just talked in the summer about you know kind of building that resume for himself going forward it's what he wants to do long term in terms of the broadcasting media side of things and talked about kind of building his resume and expanding his portfolio into some of the social media stuff as well and gosh just to see his progressions and you know, I hear kind of his calls and stuff like that for some of these big moments and 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 things like that. I you know I still think his you know his best call last year was you know when Zadonik scored the OT winner for us to win the President's Trophy in our second last game of the regular season. And again, just to see the strides and and the progress of of, of his own career and and just maturity really because I've you know been fortunate enough to watch kind of Doss grow up here these last couple of years and. Um, you know, he's just turning into a fine young gentleman, and I know he's got a, a heck of a future here on this side of things for sure. Mark Reedman is the head coach and general manager of the Princeton Posse. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate everything you do for our players and obviously the promotion of our league as well. So anytime I get the opportunity to come on here and, and shed some light on our program, I'll always take the time to do so. So thanks so much. Our thanks this week to the KIJHL broadcasters, in particular, Larry Reed. Dawson McFarlane, and of course, Steve Smythe. Kamloops Storm forward, Nathan Bomer. Princeton Posse head coach and general manager, Mark Reedman. We should also mention Next Shift Network and Flow Hockey, which brings our players closer to their families and friends back home. I'm Mark Berry, and time now for a shameless plug. Join me Saturday mornings on theraven.fm for bad dad jokes, sports, and the best new country has to offer. That's theraven.fm, Saturdays, 8 to noon. Shameless plug over. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. We're back in seven days. <laughs>